Welcome back to the SBAR podcast. It's been a while since my last episode. Off-season has been and gone for many riders, including me, and I guess the preparation for next year is starting to wind back up. This week, I'm talking to Tom Glogue, but I'm sure you already know that thing as you clicked on the podcast. Tom is a really good friend of mine. We have trained and raced together since we were about 10 years old, and we're both currently riding for Trinity Racing. Tom's ability on the bike has always been well-known by club members, and he's performed well on a national and international stage, but this year he's really taken a step up. Step up, As you will hear, this was a year that he thought he might be focusing on his A-levels, but it turned out to be a great platform for him to show the world his climbing talents, most notably at the Baby Giro. Hear what he has to say about growing up with the sport and his thoughts about this cycling malarkey possibly becoming a valid career choice. I thought I'd reiterate that I'm still an inexperienced first year 123 rider, if you're listening to this thinking he thinks he knows what he's doing, I don't, trust me. I'm just trying to learn as I go along. I enjoy making these podcasts in my spare time, so if you enjoy them as well, see them as entertainment, I wouldn't listen too carefully. Anyway, on with the podcast. So, Thomas, welcome back to the SBOL podcast. And I uh, I say welcome back because you contributed a fair bit to the um Trinity at the Zero episodes. Um, so if you haven't listened to them already, then you can go back and listen to them. Thanks for having me. So where to start? I mean, um, let's go back to your youth days because we spent so much time together as a youth. Um, but when I came down to the track, you were pretty much a veteran already, Mike. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, to be honest, I started, I was riding for the first for the first few years as just, as just cheap, cheap childcare. Uh, it was like what, like a fiver for the holiday club for five hours or something stupid, wasn't it? So when you say a veteran, I've been smacking the smacking the holiday club for a good few years, but hadn't done anything serious. I think you'd done the Friday nights probably before I had for me. I was a karate. I was doing karate back then. That was my thing. I definitely took it serious at a young age, which maybe maybe was a mistake. But yeah, you 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 knew what was up pretty early on. Oh mate, no no, we we got to when you're bringing up the past, you got to talk about the under twelve chat leagues because. I think that was that is maybe the biggest hole that I've ever been put in any bike race. Was following you under twelve chat league. That was that was definitely like a a low light reel of my career as under twelve chat league. I don't think the record under twelve chat league must be pretty staggering me against you. I think it's like zero losses, like fifty two wins or something ridiculous. It was the the five lap points races with uh, with points every single lap, sprinting from like controlled sprinting Mate, from two hundred to go. That is hardest hardest training ever. No, surely, yeah. surely it's got to be. Def- definitely, definitely. Man, that was that is pure. That's p- intervals at its finest, isn't it? I remember throwing up in a bin a few times after that. <laughs> I reckon we went home with about ten lap, ten laps in the legs though. Oh yeah, <laughs> huge endurance. You had the you had the five lap yeah. warm up race, but it was like the first like three laps or whatever were like neutralized, and then they just blow a whistle, wouldn't they? Do you remember that? Yeah. Those unneutralized point. No, the worst ones were the, were the like it was like the devil or the point race where they'd like. They'd like neutralize it for half a lap and then they'd blow a whistle, but it made it way worse because because it was basically like like easy and then fool everyone because everyone sprints from the whistle obviously because it's like it's like when you when you're a kid and you see like one lap to go or you know whatever that that just means you open up your sprint then doesn't it really? Yeah, that it's was, not it's not like but it's not like blow the whistle and if you want to sprint you can sprint no. No, blow the whistle and everybody goes yeah and two hundred it's, it's like they blow it from the two hundred meter line and two hundred meters back then that's a while that's like. Yeah, yeah. That's like a half a lap. That's like thirty <laughs> seconds. That's a that's a wild sprinting, like. 
You open up your yeah. sprint and then everyone dies. Apart, yeah. Ah, oh, I mate. No, I never came past this. I don't think I beat you once, Finley. For the first like four no, years. But you're you're pretty well glued to my wheel. Oh yeah, I mean I I that's that's a lost art form. And uh, and you were half the size, so I mean like I think I think that's got to get a mention. I'll see if I can stick a, a picture in somewhere. Well, oh, you got you got to do that. No, that was the one with the the uh, hockey socks, like up for your leg, or the extra small arm warmers on your legs. Yeah, boy, <laughs> mate. Fashion, the fashion sense. I peaked in fashion sense back then. The white leg warmers probably deserve a shout out, but they weren't as good as the arm warmers on the legs yeah. and the hockey socks. Well, so I mean, yeah, we spent a lot of time together as youths, and we we came up through BCL, the club. Um, and we're still racing with them as juniors. Um, your first year as a junior, like, it seemed like you had a good time, but it sort of clashed with your GCSEs, which you mm-hmm. took seriously, as you should. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, also breaking your collarbone. Like, yeah, well, I don't, I don't really... Yeah, I say, you say I took my GCSEs seriously. It's like the... I broke my collarbone, like, like, two weeks or something before they started, so I was just like, oh, been cycling. I might as well, might as well revise for these now. Um and yeah, I think I think at GCSE, it's got everyone kind of just just bungles it together last minute. I don't know. I didn't do my A levels, so I can't really say if it's the same. But well, I say I didn't do them; they were just cancelled. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty it was a pretty yeah, exactly. uh, it was a pretty last say. it was a pretty last minute thing. Um, I'm not sure. I, I took them. Se- I don't know if I took them that seriously, but you know, I think it was like oh, yeah, it was such a it was such a downer. To, oh, not a downer, but I never really had like a, a proper serious injury. I think I think I broke my wrist when I was under twelve, but. When you're under twelve, you, you train about once every fortnight. So, <laughs> so like as a, as a, I was like, oh, you know, it, it, especially then, like, well, it's like how many weeks to recover from a collarbone, Finley? Six. Oh, it depends if you get pinned or not, but yeah, six. Oh, I, I didn't get, I didn't get it pinned. Yeah. That feels that feels like a while, doesn't it? Yeah. So I just it was just like an, it, the GCSEs almost were like an excuse as like as myself to to not ride for a bit. Um, and I could just yeah. delve myself into them. And I remember. Yeah, with the combination of the two, definitely. Yeah, it was like, but it was like, I think I was like, yeah, I just, I hate turbo. If anyone knows me, I can't, I can't stand it. So, uh, it was like a good, it was like a good excuse not to do turbo in a way and not ride. Um, but I definitely paid for it when I came back because I remember I did a, um, I did a Crystal Palace. Like literally, I hadn't hadn't ridden in seven weeks. I came up and and for an E one two Crystal Palace and I lasted two laps before I was at the race. So, I remember that I, I wasn't there, but but I remember being like Tom, like people were just being like Tom is just like he just can't hack it anymore. Like, he's where, gone. Where is he that's gone? It. I didn't that's realize it. you'd taken like full seven weeks off though. Yeah, I didn't like, rise. That's, I that's didn't probably. Rise. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so like I don't I don't regret it, but it's a long it's a long time. I think it's uh, especially mm. you know I think junior especially first year junior it's not the be or end all of the world, but yeah, um, it definitely uh, took me a while to come back from that. I was definitely yeah. feeling it all the way into, you know, say halfway second year junior. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's what it is. And so, yeah, going into second year, you had like a decent start to the year at Kern. Um, well, decent. You came eighth at Kern, which is pretty good. Um, and then, but then just talk me through the, the second half when, when you were in Spain, because you racked up like... I think you said the other day, like seventy five percent of your races you did there, you won it. Yeah, well, we'll just we'll we'll, we'll neatly gloss over the bit between Kern and Spain because well, not Spain, maybe a bit before <laughs> that because yeah, that was that was that was that was awful. Um, getting absolutely smashed by Finley in the classics, but yeah, Spain was a Spain was Spain was a, was a not a weird one, but 
I didn't really know what to expect. I just kind of went there just just for a bit of fun. And the style of racing there is so different to like a uh, to like a Belgium or a, a, or a France. It's so much more like it's a junior race. It's so much more controlled. As in like not not teams controlling it, but like riders really race it to to the course of the race. Um, and I and I and I just didn't because uh, I th like you can basically get a massive gap if if you if you attack between the hills and they kind of just let you go. And I basically just did that um, did that every race and it seemed to work out most times. So yeah, I think I won. Well, I did like I did four before twelve Wales, and I won all four. And then I did twelve Wales and had a day off and then did another four out there. I won two or four, but to be honest, like it wasn't. It was just. It was just great fun. Like you know, it, well, I didn't go there. Like, oh, I want to. To be honest, I, ne I never even went into a race. Like, oh, I need to win this. You know, I just kind of. Uh, basically, I just didn't ride it with any tactics, and that and that was probably to my advantage in a way, because I think everyone kind of. It was quite. It's quite a cagey race. Like, it's like a, a national series, but instead of like instead of looking at like one guy, like a na like say you go to a national series and like you have a Lewis Askey or Leo. Or an Alfie George or a Sam Watson for our age group, right? Like no one lets them get away. Like it's almost impossible for them to yeah. win an like it's really hard for them to win a national series. Maybe even harder than a UCI. Um, but in and like in Spain, it's like a similar style of caginess, but not looking at the right like a junior, not looking at the other riders. Like kind of like I mean, looking at the hills. It's you, like they look at a hill and they're like, oh, we're not going to attack before that hill because otherwise we won't get up it. But actually, if you get a big enough gap, you find that it it kind of it kind of works itself out. Yeah. You you came in and like almost because of the amount of wins you got like you came in as like a like a mythical who's this Thomas Globe like people didn't know who you were and people also didn't know how strong you were and then you start racking up these wins and they just think you're Superman like that must have been pretty weird atmosphere coming from the UK where you were still doing really well like you were winning stuff and doing really well yeah but but then to turn into the the mythical version of Thomas Globe that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how mythical I was, but it was. It was. It was a bit funny. Like just because I think uh, I'm. I'm nothing like. I don't think I've ever done anything like that. That exceptional, you know. Like nothing. No, I don't think. Especially in the UK or Europe, no one. No one kind of looks on a starch and like, oh, Thomas Kog is there. And I don't know. I don't know if they did that in Spain, but you get a few funny comments and a few looks, which is, which is which makes me laugh. But I don't speak Spanish fluently, so yeah, you can You can just. Um, uh, I just remember, I just remember one day, like the, it was like maybe like the fourth race I did out there, and the DS came back from came back from sign on, and um, and they they were all so serious because everyone, but it wasn't just me. They they took they took quite a few good foreign riders. They also had the Mexican national individual time trial champ there the same year as well, and he just won the ra a race the week before, and so it was funny. Like I came for my fourth race back there, and she came back, and it was a. Uh, before it was all like fun and games, but the, the DS look, they they look quite serious. Like uh, they were definitely like, oh, we need to win this today. We need to win this, and everyone was kind of looking at each other like because we never had before. It was just kind of like, oh, do whatever you want. But it was such a it was such an attitude change that I think everyone is like, oh yeah, we'll ride for Tom and Daniel today. I'm like, you don't need to you yeah. do like you know what I mean. A junior like you don't ride for other people. Once they um, got the taste for winning, they they they, they wanted more. <laughs> no, it was good. It was, and I have to say, like a huge shout out to um to George Jari firstly, and and Santi Santiago Cadavid, who went out to uh Fondacion Lynchu before me, and also to uh and obviously a huge shout out to the people who organised the team, Vanessa Martinez and Roberto, and all of those guys, because it was a really special opportunity to get out there. Um, I love, I have to say, like racing in the Basque Country is probably my favourite place I've ever raced, um, just because it 
it, yeah, it's just really, really great. Firstly, great road surface, safe racing, and uh, it's always pretty. Um, it's always pretty exciting. Like every race, you kind of always comes down to the wire. Like it's never really pre-decided. No break. Normally, like everything is always is always up for grabs. You know, like 15k to go. Generally, so it's yeah, it's always it's always a great fun to race there. Um, and yeah, I I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean with Super with fun. with your physique and style of riding, like you really suit the climbs, you suit the the mountains and stuff. And you you can't get that in London. You can't get that really in the uk like hills look yeah. like mountains as a youth but like you but to, to be able to race like that as a junior with your physique like that that must have made a big difference well it's it's in the basque country the basque country and kent are actually pretty similar like it's basque country like it's like kent but like like two or three times longer you know is no it is it, i like it's a shame we don't have any uh any big races around Ken because that would be good. Like the the, the climbs, yeah. The to train, the train, and uh, it's it's surprisingly similar actually. Um, but no, it's uh, it's pretty special. Like gri- grippy roads, like relatively compared to compared to the ice rinks in Italy and in France, they they are very grippy. Maybe not maybe not UK level grippy because the road surface is is a bit better, like slightly newer. But no, yeah. they are like compared everywhere compared to everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, no, they are very good. And. So moving on to junior, like at under twenty three, even um, you at the end of that year, you you got you 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 had a few options. Well, I had, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't have I didn't have loads of options, but Spain and Spain and Trinity. Uh, a few, a few. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was yeah, and Trinity was definitely um, definitely the the right choice to go for there because I had I had A levels this year, so it would have been a. I think I was expecting a, a pretty difficult year, like probably a, literally just like a write-off year almost, with A levels. So, yeah, and staying, staying, staying in a UK team was pretty important to me. And uh, Trinity had a good calendar and good setup. Um, I didn't know how much of that calendar I was going to be able to ride, but you know, I felt more comfortable in a UK team that year than a, a and team. And obviously, like pre-COVID, what were your expectations for? Um the under twenty three category, just just sort of get get through the year and see what it's like. Yeah, I wasn't even expecting to have any high level racing really. Um, just I didn't think honestly. I think uh, training over A levels would have been super difficult, especially with my uh, track record over GCSEs. I think it would have been a bit better. Like, I think I would have ridden, which is for me that, that's that's better because I literally didn't ride at all. But I wouldn't have ridden. I doubt I would have ridden with any uh, sort of consistency. You know, like three two three four times a week maybe no more so i probably would have been going backwards rather than forwards uh and yeah i didn't expect any nothing if i if i'd even ridden some of the because i wouldn't have been able to ride the giro or anything before that so Izard and you know liege and all that stuff uh so you know if i'd even have to ridden like an aosta that would have been a successful year to me but i doubt i probably wouldn't have finished it you know and and just um, t- tell everybody about because right, you were, you're very academically like you're very academic and and considering uni and stuff. What how how did that decision come about? Like taking a year to 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 see how cycling goes. Yeah, well, when you say I'm very I'm very academic. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of a. I'm. I don't think I'm. I'm. I'm not very naturally clever. Or, you know, I haven't. It's not like I've done anything particularly amazing, in the academic world. But I think school school's always been a big part of a. Of, of of my life as I suppose most most eighteen year olds. Um but yeah I think 
you, it's kind of like I never looked at cycling as, as like a career option just because it always just does seem like a bit of a pipe dream and going back to, to VCL like I've never been the fastest guy my age when I was racing for the club for those eight you know like it was either you Finley Oscar Leo I say Finley that's, that's yourself I'm, I'm cracking up here. <laughs> but no like there were three Finleys there were three. Oh yeah yeah no there were three yeah Wellings as well I forgot and Jenna so yeah. you know um yeah, I was never even the fastest guy in my club, so I was like, I was like, how on earth am I ever going to be a call myself one of the best? You know, how many like top thousands is maybe professional pro conti and world tour? I was like, man, you know, that's never, that's never even going to be an option for me. I can't even, can't even beat Finney Newmark who lives five minutes down the road. So, um, yeah, I just never, I never even really considered it. I was just like, oh, I rode for fun because you know, it is, it is good for like club runs and. You know, smashing, smashing the guys up on Monday night training and or race training or whatever. You know, just it's just good fun to to get out and do something sociable. Um, and it was only really last year when I actually, because that was the first time I actually won a race. Really, like you know, I won. I remember what I won an Omnium under sixteen and didn't win a single race in the Omnium. So that kind of summed me up. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, one. Lee Valley. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. I mean, you know, classic times. Regional Omnium is probably the most most pressurized racing ever. Actually, don't you think, Finley? Yeah. Most pressure yeah, bike rider. The, the whole day, sort of sitting, sitting down in the track center and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was not 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 my kind of thing, no. to be honest. But. No, exactly. Yeah, and I was like, I was just like, man, you know, this is under sixteen. How on earth am I ever going to deal with sort of you know pressures and demands of a of an elite bike racer? But and you know, I I still may not be able to. But I think kind of like winning or like performing at a high level changes your perspective definitely. As in, like, it wasn't it wasn't like I didn't enjoy bike riding, but it was like I didn't I didn't see. Where it could take me further. Yeah. So this year, you then, you, COVID happened, your exams got cancelled, um, and you were able to do quite, uh, actually, more prestigious, more prestigious races than you thought you might have, even though COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the Baby Jura, you got to know uh, Tom Pickcock and Ben Healy pretty well, because um, you guys were ended up being last man standing from, from Trinity in the race. Um, what sort of things did you pick up for them? Kind of the the main the the two, uh, two. Uh, I just off the top of my head, the firstly the professionalism and the way they approach a bike race was vastly different to what I did. So kind of like everything from the pre race meal to like in the camper, to the actual race. That was the main thing. Is kind of the way they approached a bike race, and also it was how they raced it. Like Ben and Tom were so calm at all times, you know. Like I, I kind of have this this mentality is where it's like when I get to the front, I just want to attack, and especially in like an eight day stage race, that's that's not the thing to do. So, yeah, kind of like how how to approach a bike race, and then uh, how to kind of ride in a stage race, uh, like a big stage race like that. Like, I was a bit of a fish out of water at the start, and I still still have got a lot to learn. But kind of the way the way those guys approach a bike race, and then also how they how they navigate the front of a bunch is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, those are the those are the two main things that I learned from those guys. And eating, because I didn't ne- not eat nearly as much um, at the start. But like, Ben, Ben, Ben will eat like like over ten things every day, which is pretty amazing. Like, yeah, just the way that they fuel and yeah, everything, every, basically just professionalism surrounding a bike race um, was was pretty amazing. But from those two guys, yeah, eating like. There are there are so 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 many stories that I can tell about 
<laughs> Tom and, e- <laughs> and eating on long rides. Like, it is, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's eating or... I think that's a combination of eating and then and then probably riding a bit, a bit too hard. Nah. The, probably the two in tandem. Not just eating, not just yeah. eating. But eating in a race and eating on a ride are two very different yeah, things, very aren't true. they? Yeah, yeah. Like, as in, like, every 20... You would never eat every 20 minutes on a ride, mm-hmm. would you? Whereas that's that's what that's what you're kind of what I was told you're meant to be aiming for in a race, um, which I I definitely have never done, um, but it's something that I'm hopefully working towards. Yeah, time goes by so quickly. See if I ever manage it. Time goes by so quickly that you just yeah. you just forget, and and you feel fine. You don't feel like you need it. Yeah, especially when the race is on. Like twenty minutes is very short. If it, if the race is going easy, it's a different story. But it's probably not as important then, is it? So, yeah. Odd paradox. So you you took you took some pretty good results there. You, you were up there on GC, even though you'd lost some time on the first stage, um, and you basically were you and Ben were Tom's side men, taking him to victory. Um, how did that change your sort of perception of under twenty three racing going into Izard? Like, did you did you feel more confident confident, or did it just feel like starting from square one? Um, yeah, so I had a, I had a stage race between Izard and the Giro of Valencia, um, which I don't know, I don't know why, why I mentioned that. I think I suppose I wasn't expecting anything from Izard because I was just, I was actually just so tired. Like I was, well, I say I was so tired. By the last day I was pretty tired. I, the first few days were okay. Um, but I, I think I approached it with more or less the same mentality. I think the, the thing that changed is like the confidence within the race, um, like as in like, I wasn't I wasn't feeling so much out of my depth. Uh a bit more confident in the bunch and stuff. But yeah. Apart from that, I think I didn't I didn't really come into the race with any expectations, uh if that's what you're asking. Um just because yeah. you know, I think I don't know, I maybe maybe it'll change in the future, but even even if I want to do or think I can do well in a race, I still I've just never been someone to set to set like a particular goal for a race. Um, doesn't mean I don't want to do well, but it's quite hard to say like, oh, I want to go in top ten in this or win this. You know, I think uh, I, I just I just think bike racing is so unpredictable. Even when it goes up a mountain, like, yeah. it's is uh, like it, it's more the way that you ride a race. I think is is better rather than like necessarily like going for for a result because if you ride a race well, then results will come. Yeah, no, I think I think that is like yeah, really important getting getting the process right, but equally like there's like there's there's setting yourself a placing and then there's like knowing your standing in the peloton and like knowing sort of where where you i don't know where you feel you deserve to be um whether that's people letting you into gaps or or accepting you a bit more in the peloton or whether that's like where you expect to cross the finish line like there is a different like i could feel i could feel confidence from you at Izzard. like there was there was more sort of um yeah, you felt like I yeah. felt like you knew what you were doing. Well, I, I did. I, uh, I I probably I probably put on that front, but still, still don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, but no, I think it's it's just more. I think it's more nerves, isn't it? Like if it's your first race of the season, or you know, whatever. Like I think once you get a decent race under your belt, I think everything kind of calms down. Um, yeah. But yeah, and obviously I'd had by then I'd had quite a few race, or quite a few, relatively quite a few race days. So I was probably a bit yeah. more, a bit more relaxed. Um, do you remember? Um, do you remember Axel Tour? Oh. When we were like, 
literally everybody thought they could win that race and it was so sketchy yeah the first first day race as a second year junior and uh we were like we, we were going we were going down a straight like a straight piece of road and then it bent like st- slightly to the left or slightly to the right i think and then everybody kept going straight that was in the first that the was, that was the f- people just started going in the ditches that was so. the first neutral zone of the race and it's the race started remember this yeah. that stage started at 5 p.m and it was 120k yeah and there was neutral yeah. for an hour we basically yeah. finished in the dark uh, yeah. mate and then we had a time trial the next morning that race was ridiculous that race was, I think it was yeah. I think it was as well I think it was everyone it was the first race that people outside of Belgium and the Netherlands travelled like obviously in the UK like actually travelled to you know so you had the Americans there and you had a bunch of Eastern European countries as well as obviously the the natives but I think everyone was just then a bit on a bit on edge you know and it was like everyone yeah oh that was that was absolutely carnage do you know what that reminds me it wasn't quite as bad but that first stage in Izzard, maybe maybe because maybe because maybe because I crashed. Who knows? It always feels worse when you crash. Pal. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that that was crazy. I think it's it is better under twenty three than junior in terms of I think everyone's got a bit more race experience. So you know. yeah, I mean it's just it's just a bit more of a brain, a bit more of a understanding of where where their limits like map where their um, skills like max out. Yeah, and, still uh, obviously it's still it's there's still a big difference between then under twenty three and the and the pros, but yeah, yeah. it's definitely like not everyone you know you don't get so much like the guy on a hundredth wheel deciding this is this is his time that he's going to move up to ninety fifth place and absolutely dive bomb someone and take out everyone behind. <laughs> oh, just, just yeah, just too many stupid things. To be fair, like the problem is, is what happens is everyone is like. And you see guys doing it around you, and then, and then you try and do it. Like, I remember at, at Guido last year, like, I was, like, in 100th, I was like, oh, I need to move up now. And I, like, I like bombed it into some parking space. And then I realised there was a ledge. I just, I got my front wheel over it. I didn't get my back wheel over it, and I completely buckled it. And I was, like, moving up, like, two places in, like, 150 positions. Like, oh, you know, what are you doing? But then you, you see, it's just, like, a, a vibe. Like, if you see everyone else getting, like, really nervous around you, I think it, it just makes everything ten times worse. But I think yeah, it's it's definitely better, a little bit better under twenty three. You still get those nerves, so. create nerves. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. When the um, on the the first day that it rained in the Giro, I think it was, I want to say day two. Ev- I remember everyone was looking so nervous, and then everyone just crashed. You know, like as soon yeah. as soon as you let the nerves get you, <laughs> it's get, it's game over. Oh, yeah. it was yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I ever changes to be fair. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so, like, I, I find every time I take a like a, a, a step up in the sport, like whether it's from under sixteen to junior to like performing as a junior to now under twenty three, like I comp- I start to like perceive the sport in a bit of a different way, like what it means to be a professional cyclist mm. and like the lifestyle that comes with that, in terms of what you have to do on a daily basis to to be one of the best riders. Um, what how, how do you think that that's changed this year and like especially towards the end of this year you've been like a few things have come up where you've been exposed to to people like Pickcock and Ben like how, what what do you think's changed ah uh, good question and and um, is, is it still something like because cause each time I have to ask myself not because I ha- not because I have to but I want to ask myself like is this still something that that is like excites me as much and actually the further I get down the line the, the more it excites me but is yeah. that is that the same do you think I think yeah well 
it's interesting because I live so obviously I rode out in Spain this year with um with Cajarral and I live next to a bunch of pro, their pro conti riders for about three months um and like and yeah and I think just you, you come to realize that you know to a certain they're far they're, everyone's a fast bike rider but everyone at the same time is a human like it makes it I think you the further you get the uh, not the further up but like under 23 I think you really like realize it you really realize it's kind of a tangible thing um, yeah. But in terms of yeah. the way that I approach, kind of like general life, uh, I think I'm probably, probably a bit more uh, structured now. As in, like, you know, more make sure more I get my training done, more that I don't eat bad foods, which you know has, you know, it's still not, it's still not great, it's still not Finley Newmark standard, but I'm hoping that I can get that a little bit better. You know, start doing some more it's core work, work. It's working for you, on the gym. So, but. <laughs> At the same time, I've still, I uh, still just enjoy it. You know, I think if you if you mentally fatigue yourself too much, it's it's a very very long way. You know, um, yeah. so I I don't know if, if I think maybe a, a bit more of a serious approach. But in terms of like the way that I look at the sport, I don't think it's there's too much different. You know, I think you've got to enjoy it ultimately. Like, and I'm still enjoying yeah, it. Yeah. Probably I'm probably enjoying it more more now than I than I was before. So you know, same more of the same really. But yeah, yeah. I, d- I d- don't know what else to say. Um, so, talk to me. What what does what does Tom do in his spare time? Like like you're not even thinking about cycling. What what would you be doing? So I'm I'm learning Spanish at the moment. Uh, I don't know how I don't know how successfully. Obviously, I lived out. Uh, I was out in Spain a bit this year, and I think in like my listening skills have improved massively. Uh, I've just been over the last few days. I think. I've done a thousand words on the computer. Some of them I already knew, but um, yeah. So I'm I'm learning some Spanish. Um, whilst you sound you sound like pretty. I, I mean I don't speak Spanish, which is probably an important <laughs> factor. But you sound pretty fluent to me. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not fluent. I'm getting. I'm. I'm. I'm getting better. Um, but I'd like to. I'd like to be really good at that in a year's time. That's that's the main thing that I do yeah. off the bike. But apart from that, like I'm a. Um, I'm quite a big like just when I'm like you know just chilling. I'm quite a big basketball fan. Um, I don't know. I don't know why that is. I think I, p- I picked up over the last few years. It's quite an exciting sport. So yeah, those are those are the main yeah. two things I spend my time with. That's that's uh, pretty much well. It's all 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 done now. They're out the bubble. Yeah, yeah. They, it's uh, it, but the, the the thing is about the basketball is it's really a, a three hundred and sixty five day sport because probably. Almost more exciting than the actual basketball games is is the transfers because it's it's so it's so weird that basketball is a team sport but it's the most it's almost like cycling it's almost like a, a sport where you can confuse um, individuals for a team you know like for example if you don't have a you can't win a grand tour without a top five climber you know or like a top five climber in the race I mean you know it's just not it's just not possible you can't win you can't win a grand tour with just you know, like a some average climber, even if you had the best team around him, and it's the same. Really, it's the same with basketball. Like you need, really, indeed, you need a superstar to win. Apart from maybe the, the Detroit Pistons in two thousand and three, two thousand and four, it's never been done, which I find really fascinating. And so, you know, the whole basketball league hinges around these five, ten players and where they go. So, like when the season ends, it's almost it's so exciting for for everyone to kind of see where everyone moves, and it can literally one guy like LeBron moving from Cleveland to the Lakers two years ago that changed the whole league, you know. And and players of a similar 
similar caliber, you know, moving it, it, and I find it really interesting, just as a, just as a spectator. I think, and also they're such freaks of nature, you know. Everyone, everyone watched the uh, Last Dance. If you haven't, go and watch it. But. Yeah, that's 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 one of the things that I I really liked about it, and and really liked about sort of learning from you about basketball, um, is that like with cycling or with I don't know running or something. It's like it's in the realm of the possibility that I could I could try and do that. Whereas with basketball, it's just it's just not going to happen, is it? I'm not. I'm just not going to be. And so it's, it's it's quite enjoyable to watch something that's just like for for freaks of nature. Work, yeah, obviously work ethic matters massively. But yeah. like for example, yeah, Shaquille yeah. O'Neal, literally after after he won his more or less his his first after he won that um, those three rings in the Lakers, he literally didn't train at all. But he's a seven foot one massive man so you know he, he literally could just rock up to to um he literally rocked up to the first game of the season and he played his way into the into the uh into the season and by the end of the season he was still the best player in the league because you can't stop a seven foot one guy who's relatively fit like not yeah. seven foot one he was huge my favorite yeah. my favorite ever statistic is the um if you're american <laughs> yeah. and over seven foot the probability that you played in the nba is 19 percent which yeah. is absolutely it's a massive probability. Which is a, uh, you know, it, it shows the um the importance of, of genes in the sport. But yeah, I think it, it makes it it makes it interesting. To watch because he's got they're seven foot, but they move they move so fast. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you see, um, like uh, what was it? there was a player J- Javel McGee, um, mm-hmm. and he like he moves so fast, but but yet it looks so slow and like. Yeah. I, I don't get how they have the coordination, like with with limbs that long. I just I, I don't get it. Uh, it's massive. And what what's what's also amazing now is you get a guy like uh, a guy called Chris Dapolzingus, who's who's a uh, believe he's Latvian, but he's a seven footer, right? And he 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 doesn't he doesn't even post up on the block. Like he shoots, he's shooting from the three point arc, yeah. you know, it's, which is massively impressive for you know he's not even it's not even like he's particularly abusing his height. Um, he's, he's probably really, just basically really. He's probably just throwing it down like it's like like you toss something in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's like those shots. You know, when he shoots, it's unblockable. Not no one can jump yeah. that high to even to even touch the ball. But it's no these these guys are massively impressive, and it's it's worth yeah such a skill. I think that's that's um and uh, like equally a reason why I like basketball is a reason why I like cycling as well. That that with cycling you can, you can anybody can get involved like there's so many different shapes and sizes like you you get riders like um tim de clerk and then you've got riders like i don't know um pots of evo who's like half the size (laughs) and half the weight and like yeah it is it is pretty ridiculous the the um diversity um in shapes and size with getting somewhere with diversity and ethnicity but um yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's such a cool cool to have that in the sport. Um, yeah, it's cool. I think there's a race there's a race for everyone. Yeah, exactly. So, how did you spend your off season this year? I mean, it's hard to do anything, um, and you you went on for quite a bit longer than most people with your races out in Spain. But yeah, what did you get up to? So I was quarantined in the house for two weeks. Came out from Spain <laughs> quarantined for two weeks, which was awful. Yeah. Uh, and then I went, I went surfing in Madeira for a week, which was fun. But it was, which was really fun. Uh, I'm rubbish at it, yeah. but it was good fun. I mean, you know, 
you gotta it's it's one of those things it's always, it looks it always uh looks a lot a lot easier in the pictures than it does in reality. But no, it was yeah, good. yeah. Did you get any pictures? Did you get any cool cool oh, yeah, I did. action shots? I did, I did, but but it was it, I probably had my most successful surfing day on like on like day on like day three. Um because then I did like five days in a row. And it really showed me how how bad my core strength is because I literally the day four and five <laughs> I could not stand up. Like you try, I tried doing yeah. press up and it was a uh, was a bit everywhere. But no, it was, it was really really good fun. And I got I got some, I got some pictures, but I need to I need to enhance the wave size a little bit to make them look really cool. Get some I can get <laughs> just, you on just Photoshop. Just get on Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and if if you're doing any other job, like aspiring to be in any other job, what what do you think that would be? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Um, I don't know, honestly. Uh, it's probably something ma- mathematically based, I guess. Yeah, your math and physics are your. Yeah, that's what that's. Uh, yeah, it's. I didn't even know. I didn't even know really what, what degree I wanted to do. So, it'd be hard to say. I don't know. I think I'd have to. I'd have to see to be honest. Because um, it's it's like. Are there any that you look at and are like that that would that that would be cool, but you haven't really thought about it. Problem is, is that it's it's so weird because you've got such a like it. I do. It's, I think it's quite hard to ask a kid age eighteen what they want to do. Yeah. A level, you really don't don't know that much. You know, like I know no, not nowhere near enough to to make a decision about what what I actually want to do. And um, yeah, I like it's the jobs that, that I'd probably look at. I probably wouldn't understand a thing. You know, yeah. if someone tried to explain what they do in that job right now. Yeah. Uh, just because I don't have the knowledge, so. Yeah, I think it's a it's a hard one. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I guess so, that's yeah. exciting in itself, like the fact that you just you just don't <laughs> know, and and yeah, I, I yeah, I have I, I, I it's something I'm having to think about, but well, I mean, I think it's, you, it's hard you're doing pretty well on the bike to begin with, so you can, <sighs> might you might have to delay yeah, that we'll thinking. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? It can be about anything, like um, just just general life. Um, Actually, to be fair, I, I don't think uh, I sent you this question before, so I think that's a bit harsh asking you off on the spot. But give it a go anyway. Yeah, but I just think I just think it's I don't I don't know who who said it to me, but it's just the the kind of the kind of uh, the Bible, the kind of scripture that I live by. Is whatever you do, you've got to enjoy it. Like yeah. you know, there's no. If it's not like, and that doesn't mean like, oh, you know, if, you, if it's raining outside, don't go for a ride because it's not going to be fun. But ultimately, like, you've got to really like what what you do. Uh, I think, and I think that's that's the kind of that that's what made me want to want to try this this cycling malarkey thing. Because I mean, I, I was looking at it, I was like, I, you know, I like math and physics, but again, I didn't know what I, what I'd want to do after that. So it was like, you know, I I do I really like this thing. Let's see how far I can take it, and if not. I've had another thing, but yeah, I think it's uh, you've really got to like what you do. I think that's a good distinction though you made yes. at the start though, which is um, like, it, yeah, you you have to enjoy something, but equally to enjoy something, sometimes you have to get through the hard days of doing it when you don't want to do oh, it. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, when enjoying things, it doesn't mean you have to enjoy exactly every, day, every single you know? time. Yeah. You have to, yeah, but you have to. It has to be. I think it's more like this, it has to ex- excite you. You know, yeah. like if you don't. If it's not like you, you it's, it's if it's not like you haven't you you you've been months and you, it's yeah. not, it's not like it's never at any point being like man this is 
this is this is pretty exciting. And I mean, we're we're the wrong thing. we're competitive guys. Like h- half of the enjoyment comes from the satisfaction of of completing a session or or, or winning a race. Like so, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you got to work hard for that. And doesn't doesn't come easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I think it's it's something that everyone would think of. But if I left, like. If if you just took cycling out of my life, even even when I had school, it would be such a massive hole. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's not it's not something that I'm, that I'm I'm keen to give up on anytime soon. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. If anything, I I want you just as entertainment on our long rides, but you're you're much more valuable <laughs> than that. Um, <laughs> What what do you think drives you though? Because you are so so determined. Like I I can see you after some races and like even when you were really young, like you you just were so tunnel vision when you got into a race. What do you think? Where do you think that comes from? I don't know. Um, I think I think part of me is I'm definitely in terms of the 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 worst thing for me to do. Is to is to lose to one of the the VCRs. <laughs> I, I can't I can't stand losing to you, Oscar. I think my the currently the people that are really on my blacklist have got to be you, Leo, Oscar. I love to hear it because yeah, I, can't, you, I, can't I don't hear it very it. often from Tom. He doesn't ta- he doesn't he doesn't open up about these sorts of things very often. It. But. Well, I just, it's not like, it's not like, it's just like, oh, that, that, the problem is it won't be in the race. It'll be like, oh yeah, like, like fair play. But afterwards that, that would eat at me. I don't know. I, I think it's just, ah, uh, what really drives me? I don't know. Is it a mistake me being on the I same don't... team as you then? Oh no, that's more, that's <laughs> more fun. That's more fun. Yeah. It's more fun. I think it's, um, I'm... yeah, no, it's still, yeah, it's still, it's, that's a weird, that's a weird vibe actually. Cause, uh, cause I still, I still want to beat you. But... Yeah. I mean, if you know, if I uh, like in a classics and stuff, you know, if 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 you're the guy to go to, you're the guy to go to. Yeah, exactly. We're we're in, we're in different. I feel like we're like I'm. I'm not going to beat you up a climb. I know that, and I mean, I would hope that no, you don't I beat me in a sprint. You. So <laughs> I would no, hope. I wouldn't hope. Touch you. I can't touch can't you. guarantee it. I wouldn't touch you. Wouldn't touch you. <laughs> no, it's a uh, like a Leo at Isola. Um, I I'm, I've definitely pushed really really hard, so he didn't come past yeah. me. On that second stage, although he did beat me overall, yeah, by quite a bit. So that that that's that's got a sting. But <laughs> no, I think it's a it's like a competitive rivalry. I think it, especially when, yeah, yeah. I think it's you've got to like for for training and stuff. But you get satisfaction from the day to day, just kind of like doing your stuff and moving on. Yeah, but in a, in a race, I definitely you get some some odd thing off. Uh, of putting someone away you know that's 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 pretty fun yeah no like, I, I, you know when you we've had each other like you beat someone fair and square we've had each other sort of next to each next to us in like in in all training and all racing like we've had the same coaches for for periods of time like um it, it, yeah. we are very sort of yeah. like closely you've beaten me far matched. you've beaten me far you've beaten me way more times than oh, I, no, I, don't, I don't think that's um, right I don't think it's right yeah mate the, the record the record the record under, before under, under 16 when yeah exactly before for, for, for the first time when it was, it was completely like, irrelevant it was like oh and 300 no 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 every every win's a win mate. I've got a I've got a long way to come back from there from, yeah. I don't know if it's possible but Mate, exactly. I don't know if I can afford to work to you. I might have to. I might have to phone back Kurt in the car and go listen to Kurt, mate. <laughs> Finley, Finley's. I'm currently fifty to five hundred right now with Finley. I can't. I can't let him get another win on me. Well, no, no. It's, it's good fun. 
it's good fun. I think that's you need. You kind of need that, though, don't you? I think. Yeah. You know, no. People. I think everyone. Everyone's got their people that they. Uh, that they want to. Yeah, I think that's what also makes um, Hearn Hill so valuable is that it gathers together so many um, riders who push each other on, and I just feel so lucky. Like and I'm sure you do as well to to have had that because there are some people who have sort of had to generate that own competitive stimulus um, by themselves through the winter months, whereas we've always had sort of each other to go off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be riding a bike, let alone racing at any level, if it wasn't for... Yeah, yeah, same. That, I think it's, 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 it's as simple as that for me, really. So, yeah, yeah it's a pretty special place. So, on to some um, quick-fire questions, just to finish off. Um are you a cafe stopper or do you not stop and ride? Uh, generally, I don't stop. But if I do stop... Idle. <laughs> it's it's Idle Cafe. Yeah. For a brownie. Yeah, I'm not like a traditional... It's, it's not like a traditional... I w- it's not like a traditional cafe stop. Like, you know, like a stop at the end of the ride. Yeah. Because it just... In London, it just doesn't make sense. It's a bonk stop. That's yeah, what especially it is. Especially with the... With, uh, the bon- yeah, you, you only stop when you need... When you actually need a cafe yeah. stop. It's not like I... Uh, I do, I'd, yeah. So that is actually quite a regular basis because there are quite a lot of bonks. But and and some for yeah, some reason I don't, I don't plan coffee. Stuff. For some reason, all of our rides route back via Iod Hill as well. I know, so. beautiful. The land, the it's the, it's it's my second home. <laughs> my official second residence. All right. Um, when you're racing, do you race tubeless, tubular, or clincher? I don't even know. You know. I, well, I can uh, answer this one for you then. Uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's tubs, isn't it? Surely. I think Yeah, so you ride tubular for races and then and then we've got we've got cl- um clinches on our on our training yeah, bike. Although, although I've got Tom Pickock's back wheel, so I've got a uh I've got a not not tubular. It's the uh tubeless. I've got a tubeless on the back and uh but that's only because I've stolen Tom's Ooh. I've stolen Tom's back wheel. Sorry Tom. You, 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 yeah, that's got sealant in it then. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that, and I was like, I was like, the other day, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, so I think I think I had a slow What's puncture. What's this coming out my tire? But it's sealed, right? And so I was like, oh, I've got a slow puncture, yeah. it's sealed, and then so I started deflating the tire, and then I was like, all of these oh, no. this is coming out, and I'm like, oh, what? Why is there sealant? Oh there? no! And I pump it back up, and I realise it's just sealed with the puncture, um, which is very handy. But at the same well, time, it, it re, yeah. it reseated from a hand pump. No, no, no! It wasn't. I got. It was the end of the ride, and I like pressed it, and it was like quite soft. But I was like, I definitely. Uh, okay. left. I wasn't sure yeah. because I just, I wasn't sure if I'd actually pumped it up. But I was pretty sure there was more pressure than when I. It was less pressure than when I left, but it managed to seal the puncture, yeah. which is I think maybe the first time that tubers has actually worked for me. But really, oh, yeah. I've, I've I've had some good time with tubeless before, but. Mm-hmm. Mate, the yeah. problem, the thing, the good thing is, is like if it works properly, you don't know so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, that's it's like uh, you only get, and then you get for so frustrated at it when it doesn't work. Yeah, it's because those tires, like those tires are so impossible to get off. But no, mm. they definitely are definitely are good stuff. Um, so Rubel or Flanders? I mean, Flanders, a bit of an odd question Flanders, to ask a climber. Flanders, Flanders. Flanders. I like no, I, yeah, Flanders is a special race. Especially we went, we've been there quite a few times as a kid, so it'd have to be Flanders yeah. for me. Yeah, actually, just like I know these are quick fire questions and we're going through them real slow, but <laughs> that that was those were some of the best trips going to do um, the Flanders Sportif the day before, and we and then we'd like sit watch the race the day after with VCL our club, and 
So we do like all the all the cobbled climbs, and then yeah, stand on the Udaquermont to watch the watch the pros come up the next day. And Tom can tell you the story about he when he floored me. Oh yeah, mate. See, <laughs> I may not have a good cycling record against you, but I'm, I'm half one the size of me. I've got a hundred percent win record in fights, Finley. So <laughs> <laughs> the jab, the jab is just yeah. They're, Tom has a lethal jab. The left, right. Um. Wind or rain? Gotta be wind. Gotta be wind. I mean, like, it depends It depends on the level, though, doesn't it? Like, if it's light rain, it doesn't actually matter. But rain, I, yeah. I mean, you can, I can, yeah, I don't know. Wind is, wind is something that... Do you remember that? Do you remember that um, commerce we did at the end of the first year, our first year junior? Uh, yeah, um, what's it called? And it, Litcherveld. I, I can't remember. But it was, uh, I could, yeah, I could not see a thing. That was, nothing. That was so grim. That was so grim. I mean, yeah, and it, it was, was so. I cold. love. I have to. I've got a love hate relationship with Kermesses. No, they. It's so. It's so good. Was it? It was. That was. That was like yeah. bit. Bit of rain and wind, wasn't it? That split to bits in it. That race. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good fun. Um. Cobbles or climbs. Climbs. Easy. Uh, cats Easy. or dogs. I don't know. I don't know about this because I've got I've got a cat currently, but I used to be a dog person. So you used to have a dog. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think dogs. But for me, I'm probably I'd probably say cats. I probably like dogs more, but dogs are so much more work. Yeah, uh, your dog I'm was more lazy. He was, your dog was walking dead. He he did. Ah, uh, Marmite, rest in peace. Yeah, Marmite was Marmite was a goner. He was deaf and blind. So yeah, but he was he he, he he yeah he had he was not hard work. He just plodded around like. Oh yeah, yeah. We Eyes glazed well. over. We trained them well. I think we, we all, we're oh yeah, half of our family are very lazy. So I think Mum I just assume the lazy personality of the owners. But dogs, yeah, dogs. But dogs are still are astronomically more work than cats. Even so, I, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if it's it's worth the benefit. That's that's the question, isn't it? They are a lot more work. You know, they are a lot more. I know you're a dog person. But <laughs> they are a lot more work. If you like the work, then it's fair enough. Uh, films or series? Series. What? What? Get going. Give me a few. Few series. Um, yeah. Just watch Peaky Blinders. Oh, you can what get you... more into a series than you can a film. That's the problem. Is a film just over? Yeah, film's yeah, just same. over. That's it. Yeah. Whereas you can actually invest yourself Definitely. into a series. F- films are for people who who have who don't have time, but like if but we just have too much time. Yeah, exactly. No, I've always I've always enjoyed a good series. I think, yeah, I can't. I I never. You can't get too much attachment to a film in like an hour and hour and a half. They're over too soon. Yeah, you know, you know, you're proper into a series when you start dreaming with it. <laughs> I wonder what you've been dreaming about, Finley. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nothing, nothing weird. Don't worry. Um, coffee or tea? Uh, hot chocolate. Perfect. Lovely hot chocolate. Thanks, thanks for coming. That was that was. Yeah, to be honest, I probably wouldn't go with coffee or tea. Yeah. Um, a, like soft drink? Would you go with a soft drink uh, yeah. or would you Aquarius. go with Aquarius? Depends on Aquarius. Depends, it depends. Aquarius. Oh, you're, you're so Euro. If it's morning. You, yeah, but exactly. That's because yeah. you know I've got to pretend I I know something. Like you can't you can't <laughs> go and get like a, a bloody I don't know or Fanta fruit twist. What's a non-Euro drink? Yeah, just, just just some rogue, just some rogue, like something you'd buy in a Croydon corner shop. 
You gotta, you gotta the, just pretend the, like you're a like The 50p orange. Yeah, yeah, K-A. I, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. Aquarius in the morning, hot chocolate in the afternoon. Well, that used to be the one after school. Oh, mate, a K-A, a K-A and a refresher. See, that's if you're on a budget in a corner shop, Yeah. best value for money for your sweet is a refresher because it's 10p. People don't understand, 10p for a sweet yeah. in this day and age. And it's long as well. Uh, it's got to be at least like 15, no, no, 10 centimetres. 10 by... 10 by 2, I'd say. That's a, that's a fair chunk of bit. That's just pure sugar as well. So if you get two of those... I'm, I used to have a friend <laughs> called Akin. And Akin, I'd buy him one refresher. And we went from Hackbridge to... He lived in he lived in Peckham. And he'd have this one refresher, this 10p refresher, from this hour and 10 journey. That would last him a whole hour and 10. If that's not value for money, I don't know what it is. <laughs> like a... Like, like lasting the same amount of time as a godstopper. I'm telling you, refreshers are the most underrated sweets, and they're everywhere as well. Like, if you ask boss man for a refresher, he'll always just have he'll always have a little selection for the people that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I'm gonna add one more question. Just what what would be like? You're in off. You're just coming out of off season now. Um, or oh, some time off the bike. What was like? What's your go to off season meal? Where you just got you just got nothing, no restrictions. Just, I mean, you don't really restrict so much anyway. But <laughs> yeah, it's not you're not wrong. I don't know. It depends. The problem is, is like yeah, the the best meals are the ones where you're just so hungry and you just eat anything. You know, we'd have to be like just a yeah. mad McDonald's stop. Anything yeah, tastes like, good. Like you know, like you get like a barbecue chicken wrap meal with a. Um, with like a Big Mac meal and then two and then two apple pies, that would be like that would be like a that would be like a good day out, wouldn't it? Two apple pies and then yeah, that's it. Apple pie, apple pies. It, Can't say it, I've yeah. done it, mate. Have you ever had a McDonald's apple pie? Thing? No. Okay. Well, it's just like a crumble. It's not not even an off season. I, I'm gonna get right. that after a long ride it's, this winter. Mate, it's it's just elite. It's one. Tell you what, talking about value for money as well. Apple pie is like the refresher of McDonald's. One pound. Isn't that, isn't that their yeah, slogan? It's it's you like getting your money's worth? Yeah, but it's like that's like the that's like the best value for money thing in McDonald's. Uh, comment yeah. comment below if you've got anything more value for money, but that that is. That I'm not is sure there is a comment section, Tom. Oh, we'll okay. see. DM me. <laughs> DM you. Um, no, I only I, I want to hear value better value for money suggestions because I reckon that's up there. I've done my market research. Been, it's been through trials, clinical trials, scientific trials, and that, that's a that's a refresher and uh, apple pie at McDonald's is the best value for money food I can find. I tell you what um, is good value for money, and you, I, I, I was I was chatting to you whilst you were in Spain and you were experiencing that was the um, the biscuits in Spain. Oh yeah, yeah they hit different. like tea biscuits. <laughs> you can get yeah, so many. Man, you, can, you can get you can get about seventy of them for for eight for eighty cents. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But the problem is, is that you can't get through the whole packet by yourself. So there's there's there's, there's lots of yeah. there's lots of value, but it's not a particularly nice value. You know, it's almost like you get no, too no, much. Mate, you have to you yeah, have to start mixing it with stuff. It, can, it will last you a long time. At least. Yeah, because because you get through. It's, it's just not it's just not a good idea. Just don't get them. No, they they but, they're but they are good value everyone, for money. We, everyone in Spain loves them. Yeah, not as bad as olive oil on toast, but still not great. <laughs> I remember when you did that at Izzard. 
That just confused me. Oh, so no, much. but I did, like I did it in, in Spain, yeah. They make the toast and then they put the olive oil on it. That's what that's what they yeah. do in Spain. I, I did like I like baked the toast in olive oil. That's, that's that I fried it, that's different. But like man, make <laughs> olive oil on toast. Fried your bread. I tell you what, that is that is potentially the worst thing to ever come out of Spain. I do not I do not understand it. I tell you what they don't do as well, Tom. They don't clean it up with a nap with a with a tea towel and then try and put it in the oh, dishwasher. Mate, stinker. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> Alright, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna finish it there. Thanks a lot for coming on and chatting and like the yeah, there's so much more that we could have talked about. But there it is, there's Thomas Globe. Thanks for having me. It's alright. And I'll I will see you for a ride pretty soon. <laughs>